This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Grand Classica today. So you're probably wondering, what is Grand Classica? Well, it's that two-night cruise line down in Palm Beach. Uh, Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line is the name of it. And they have two ships. One uh, one of them is an old Carnival Cruise Line ship, and one of them is an old Costa ship. And David just got back from the Costa ship, so he'll be joining us here in just a couple of moments. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News as well. And Action News meteorologist Greg D. stops by to answer some questions about the windstorm that was in the Northeast that impacted a Norwegian cruise line ship. So a big show today. Don't forget about Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find it where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just check out Cruise Radio News. And one quick thing here before we get to Sherry. Someone sent me a DM on Instagram. And so they've been listening to the show for the past seven years. And they did not realize we had a website. So cruiseradio.net is the website. You'll find Cruise News there, Ship Reef reviews, destination reviews, excursion reviews, all that good stuff. Show notes from the weekly show. Um, Let's see what else. Some videos there from our Cruise Radio YouTube channel. It's all right there at cruiseradio.net. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. Sherry, before we get to the first story of why the Norwegian cruise line ship was delayed into Manhattan because of the high winds, Action News meteorologist Greg D is here to unpack it a little bit for us and give us some context. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey there, Doug. The question is, what causes these high wind bursts in the wintertime? It seems to happen a lot behind and around these winter storms. And usually if the wind is gusting over 35 miles an hour, these cruise ships can't dock even with the assistance of a tugboat. Winter can be a very interesting time of year in the Northeast, especially where we get a lot of these winter storms rolling through. Now, in the summer, typically we get the southern end of these storms as the storm track is farther north. Quick cold front, a bunch of rain, and then it all moves out. In the winter, you get the full storm system moving by. That often takes a longer period of time, and that's often where all the wind is as well. Uh, The other thing that happens, and especially as we head into March, is we get these big coastal storms developing. They form because of the Gulf Stream offshore and the Arctic air that's positioned just to the north and west. That contrast in temperature really drives some very strong storms, which tend to have some very strong winds associated with them. Sometimes they could, in fact, reach the strength of a hurricane. So our winter season, not over yet, and we could see some continued strong storms right into the month of March. Action News meteorologist Greg D. Greg, insightful as always. Thank you, buddy. Thanks so much, Doug. Have a good day. All right, so Sherry, what exactly happened with this ship? I mean, it was a Norwegian gem, and it was on an 11-night cruise heading back to New York, and then uh, pick up from there. Yeah, well, like you said, it was on an 11-night Caribbean cruise heading home, but those gale force winds that came barreling down the Hudson River prevented the Norwegian gem from returning to Manhattan. So instead of docking on Monday morning as it was supposed to do, the ship had to spend the night in New York Harbor um, and ended up docking early Tuesday morning. So, of course, guests were, you know, they expected to depart on Monday. So they let, were left to scramble and find a hotel room for the night, which they had to do. And because the cruise was shortened by a day, um, Norwegian said guests will receive one day's worth of credit, you know, for the cost of 
a prorated fare for the one day and it's going to be refunded to their credit card. It must have been a fiasco, you know, have several thousand people all of a sudden trying to find a hotel room. Well, I was talking to a girl who was, um, I hit her up on Facebook and she was waiting to board. She was kind of venting on social. So I um, just asked if I could have a conversation with her. She was one of the people who had to scramble and get a hotel room in Manhattan and they had to pay $269. That was the cheapest hotel they could find on Hotel Tonight for Monday night because they couldn't board until Tuesday when the ship docked. Oh, I don't doubt it. You know, especially, you know, the beginning of the week when all the business people are mm-hmm. flying into town. Rates are always high. Well, you know, we say it every time something like this happens. But again, like <laughs> with the common carrier thing with travel insurance, this definitely would have been one of those instances where you would have gotten reimbursed for that hotel cost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah, for sure. Uh, looks like we're going to see a new development in Nassau here in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's looking like it. There's a company called Global Ports Holding. And they put out a bid, which they obviously hope is the winning bid, to basically rebuild the port of Nassau. They, they have, uh, in their design, they visualize a port complex with food, entertainment, and even nightlife. So hopefully the ships will stick around a little bit longer. They're planning to have transportation to take cruisers from the port to various places around the island, like over on Bay Street to go shopping or the straw market. And they plan to remove that foreboding iron gate, you know, the one (laughs) that's always kind of rusty looking that surrounds the port. They're going to open that up and put in gardens and walking paths that will lead into town. From what I read, the company already has built port structures in Singapore, Barcelona, Lisbon and Havana. So they say they know how to do it, and they are committed to port revitalization. I've been to all those except Singapore, and I sure hope they do a good good job in Nassau because um, they deserve it. I mean, Nassau really, in my opinion, deserves a boost here. But the bottom line really is that, you know, the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism wants cruisers to spend more money while they're in Nassau. So apparently everybody's on board with ideas to do this, and... Um, they're moving forward with it. You can see these renderings on the website at cruiseradio.net. This is a $250 million bid is what this holdings company um, put in to do this pier. And it looks really, really cool. Kind of excited. They said um, it would take an aggressive two years to build it. So that's a lot to do before, you know, by 2021. But uh, yeah, maybe we'll see that. Moving on here, Navigator of the Seas prepares to sail again after a slight delay in dry dock. Yeah, just a slight delay. Um, the Royal Caribbean, uh, you know, it's part of their $1 billion renovation project called Royal Amplified. So Navigator of the Seas is all done despite the slight delay. And it's cruising three and four nights to the Bahamas out of Miami. And basically, it seems like they're adding a lot of outdoor activities. They have the longest water slide at sea. They put a Johnny Rockets Express upstairs on the Lido deck. Um, but inside, they did put that new, uh, it's called To Dry For. It's a blow-dry bar, which I really think is going to be pretty popular. They've updated um, all the kids' adventure ocean areas. But again, like I said, they seem to be focusing on outdoor activities, the, the pool and play spaces out there. But the pictures that I've seen, it looks beautiful. So this next story, so a cruise line decides, hey, we're going to make gratuities mandatory. They got a ton of pushback, and then they said, just kidding. And they said, just kidding. Well, it was MSC Cruises, and this announcement came and went pretty quick. 
within hours of the cruise line sending out notices, they went out to travel agents first that gratuities would be mandatory and guests would not be able to have them adjusted um, within hours. The cruise line backpedaled that one. Apparently, um, over social media, of course, and travel agents, uh, everybody protests. They did not like this idea of mandatory gratuities. So the MSC released another statement to rectify the issue, and they said the service fee would be charged on a daily basis to the passenger's onboard account and the amount could be adjusted at the end of the cruise. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's what everybody does now. Basically, it's a daily, you know, that you can see it on your account on a daily basis. And currently, if you're wondering what the charge is, the service fee for guests over 12 years old is $12.50 per person per day. And between the ages of 2 and 12, it is $6.50 per person per day. So it's interesting that children have a reduced rate. Carnival Cruise Line is adding new desserts to their Lido Deck marketplace. They did. This was uh, John Heald recently announced this, and there's a whole slew of new dessert options that are available at the Lido Buffet. And I took I took a look at the pictures, and the pictures look beautiful. Some I'll just mention a few that I probably would try. There's a tiramisu cheesecake, an Oreo cream cake, dark chocolate honeycomb cake, plus about 20 more different cakes. Um, pies must be difficult or expensive or there's must be some reason because there's only one new pie out of 24 options and that's a key lime pie. So at least they're keeping it Caribbean, but the photos look wonderful and, um, it's on almost all of the ships. Now there's still maybe half a dozen that this has not been rolled out to, but it will be in the next few months. I would think with the pies, it probably is because like those pie crusts and, you know, everything's homemade on these ships and they might be really time consuming. Yeah, I think it's just a, yeah. um, a, a time factor and a difficult factor and keeping the crust from getting soggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cakes, maybe they've done a survey and cakes are just more popular. Yeah, because you also don't see a lot of pies offered on the like the main dining room menu. You see like the apple pie a la mode. And yeah. like a pumpkin pie every now and then. But yeah, that's pretty much about it. Um, listener question comes from Mark. He said, what is the custom tip to give the porter when you are dropping off two suitcases to be delivered at your cabin? So he's talking about when you arrive at the cruise terminal and the, you give the guy your luggage, what do you tip him? Yeah, and that's a good question because I know over here at Port Canaveral, they have signs posted that says um, you do not need to tip the longshoreman. Well, P.S., tip the longshoremen. They're really doing a lot of work for you. And for two suitcases, I would say $5 for sure. Um, For me, I only ever check one suitcase and I still give them $5. Um, You know, it's a small suitcase. If you have two steamer trunks, you know, $10 might be a nice thing because those are going to weigh a lot. I kind of consider it insurance too, that my bag won't get left on the loading dock. But like I said, these guys are out in that hot Florida sun. So Five dollars for two bags really isn't horrible, you know, especially since we're spending at least close to a thousand dollars for a cruise. Mm-hmm. I've heard some stories that if people don't tip them, <laughs> their bags could wind up somewhere else or with maybe the tags ripped off. I was witness to that. I was I had a I was going with a group of people, oh gosh, maybe four or five years ago, and one of the one of the men in the group who was probably about, I want to say in his late seventies. He said, I'm not tipping. The sign says I don't have to tip. Well, P.S., the ship pulls away at 5 o'clock, and his bag was not there. 
And so for the entire trip, luckily, it was only a four-night cruise, but he had to get clothes from the gift shop, and the cruise line loaned him some. And you know what? We got off the ship. There was his suitcase sitting <laughs> in the in the terminal, waiting for him. Oh, geez, yeah. So Tip you know, the they say it doesn't it doesn't really happen, but it does. Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net. So today we're going to have a review of Grand Classica, a Bahamas Paradise cruise line ship that sails out of Palm Beach, Florida, to Freeport, Bahamas. David just returned from a two-night sailing. Hey, David. Hello. So let's talk about this this cruise, because uh, this is one ship we've never talked about on the show before. The Grand Classica, it used to be an old Costa Cruises ship, and then they bought it, and they converted it, and made it a little more modern. Um, so what made you want to, first off, look at taking a two-night cruise on Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line? Well, it was just more of a, a last-minute decision, just to, to get away for a little bit and do a little trip. Okay. And I mean, they're... Their rates are pretty. I mean, you you can get get one for like what under two hundred bucks a person for the two night. Yeah, for I mean taxes and everything brings it to about two hundred or so, depending on what special or promo that you book under. Gotcha. All right, very good. So you make your way. You're down in Central Florida, and you made your way over to Palm Beach. Um, how was your embarkation process once you arrived at the cruise pier? The embarkation was pretty easy. I thought um, maybe mainly because we did get there a little early, so there weren't a lot of people there already. Mm-hmm. It was pretty easy with luggage. We didn't check any luggage because we carried it on. So we just kind of went, you know, right through security like a normal and had to go up to the terminal and sit and wait because, again, we were there early. So we couldn't check in right away. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did you have to wait in the terminal before you could actually board the ship? We ended up waiting, I'd say, maybe an hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes. We got there at about 10. They did check in at 1030. Um, and that only took about you know, five minutes or so, and then we got on the ship around eleven forty-five. So it was it was about an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minute wait. It wasn't bad, but again, that was because you know we got there early, so nothing on their part. Yeah, so you checked in pretty early. Were you one of the first people on the ship then? Yeah, yeah, we were among the handicapped that they let on first. Um, we were among the first ones right on the ship. Very nice. So you make your way on board the Grand Classica. What were your first impressions of the ship? I was a little surprised. I had a little lower expectations just because I had looked at some stuff online first and saw that the ship was old. And, of course, it had been used for a while and they bought it from a previous cruise line. But after going on the ship, it it was kind of a little surprising to see how nice it was. And you could tell it was kept up, but there were some areas of the ship that were a little bit dated, but it still wasn't wasn't bad. You know, some ships, they have you board right into the atrium. Some ships board you into a hallway. Where did you board Grand Classica? This does board into what you can call an atrium, but unlike a lot of the other cruise lines, the only thing that is there is guest services and shore excursions. 
There's nothing else there in that area except for cabins. Okay. So you kind of board in the same general location, but like the other cruise lines, there's not a bunch of stuff that goes on in the in the atrium or the lobby. It's it's just guest services and shore excursions. That's it. That's it there. So you boarded around eleven forty-five. Now, um, with it being such a short cruise, only a two-nighter, do you still have to wait until one uh, thirty to go to your stateroom? They did tell us in the terminal before we got on that the stateroom should be ready at one. Um, but we did get on the ship, and they made the announcement. It was about one fifteen. They said that the staterooms were ready. So yes, we still did have to wait a little bit before okay. they were ready. And what's the first thing you did once you got on the ship? Like any other cruise, went up to their Lido, you could call it deck ten, and had lunch. Okay. And what were your thoughts of the Lido deck? Just like any other cruise line. I mean, it wasn't you know anything extravagant because of course it was a small ship, but there was a pool. There were the places to lay out in the chairs. Um, they actually did have a little covered area that had some clam shells that you can lay in. Um, I thought that was a little different from other cruise ships. I don't recall you know seeing clam shells out on Lido deck. Mm-hmm. But a pretty basic Lido deck, I mean, with the pools and the chairs, nothing nothing fancy. But again, with it being a small ship, that was kind of, for me, kind of expected that it wouldn't be a big extravagant Lido area. Yeah, okay. So it, it's one you're allowed to go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Uh, we had a Ocean View stateroom. Um, it was a, not a big square picture window, but a big, like, porthole. Not a small porthole, but it was pretty big. It was It was big enough. The stateroom, I think overall, it was okay. I mean, you can tell definitely that it was dated, um, like with the doors and the drawers. But also at the same time, it was, I think it was well kept, but you could tell they were dated. Mm-hmm. As far as, I mean, you're only on a two-night cruise, but did you find there to be like plenty of space in, in the bathroom and you know in the room itself? Oh, yeah. Pl- I mean, plenty of space. I mean, just, just like any other... Ocean view, you know, you'd get on a typical ship that nowadays, plenty of space in it, um, a lot of room, and plenty of storage, although you don't really need it for two days, but it was it was, it was was fine for a two-night cruise. I would say, like, I guess for two days, you're pretty much living out of your suitcase anyways, right? Right, yeah. We, yeah. we did not, you know, unpack like normal and hang clothes up and put anything in the drawers. We just, you know, kind of left the suitcases there and just got what we needed as we needed it. So with the dining, uh, we just talked about the buffet area dining. How does the main dining room work on this ship? Is it the same as, like, let's say uh, on a carnival ship where there's uh, a set dining time or an anytime dining time? Well, apparently they did have the option, like the other cruise lines, with a 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and a your time dining. That was an option they had where you can sign up in the terminal before getting on the ship. Um, And the dining did work just like any other cruise. I don't think we really saw a whole bunch of it um, because we just went to the dining room the first night. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we did experience the first night was just like any other cruise. You get the bread and butter first. The menu was, you know, pretty generic, just like just like most of the other cruise lines. And how was the service in the dining room? The service was great. I mean, it was it was just like any other cruise. Um, it was great. I mean, there wasn't nothing bad. It wasn't slow. It wasn't fast. Um, it was it was good service, I thought. And the menu selections, how was that? Uh, menu selection, I think, was fine. Um, I really didn't pay too much attention to it. I just looked at what I wanted. Um, but they had selections just like any other cruise line with your soups, your salads, your main entree. They did also have the option if you wanted to get like the surf and turf that you know you would pay extra for. Or if you wanted to get filet mignon, they did have that. But again, you had to pay extra for that. Okay, not bad. Are there specialty restaurants on this ship? 
they do have specialty restaurants. Um, they had a rock grill that was at the back of the ship. They also had a pizzeria, um, which we did do the pizzeria for dinner on the second night. Um, and the pizza, pretty generic. I mean, just like the other cruise lines, but they don't have the pizza offered for free on a 24 hour basis. You could get the pizza anytime during the day, but you would have to pay for it. Like if you were to roll in there after the bar at 2 a.m., could you still get it if you wanted to pay for it? I don't believe you could have that late. Okay. Um, when we when we went there for dinner, she said that they were open until 1230. Mm. Okay. And you mentioned it was called, what, the Hot Rock on the back of the ship? The Rock Grill. The Rock Grill. And what, is that like a steakhouse or what's, what is that? What kind of food is that? I didn't really look too much into it, but they call it the Rock Grill for the dinner part. I believe there's something you do where they bring you a, it's like a square of, granite or something that's very very hot and i okay. do know that they said you do cook your own food on it oh that's yeah a lot a lot of ships are doing that um that's cool yeah i think celebrity Almost does that like now. a melting pot thing maybe something yeah. like melting pot or something similar to that yeah that that's awesome very nice so you mentioned that you you actually paid for the pizza on board how was the the, the quality of it i think it was really good um it was uh 950 for the pizza calzone or flatbread so you can choose from all of them um, for the same price. And what I got was just your standard pepperoni pizza. I thought it was really good. I mean, it, it, it was better than I thought it was going to be. But overall, it was it was a really good pizza. The top of the ship has like this big round, like right above the bridge, has like a big round public area up there. What What is that on that ship? That's what they called the, it was the sports bar, Crow's Nest Sports Bar. Mm-hmm. And it also doubled um, from what I heard, for one of the nights, it would be like the the lounge or the um, the club. Okay, and that's where they had. Um, I think it was the first night is where they had a glow party. Oh wow! Okay, and what were your thoughts of the entertainment on this cruise? The entertainment I thought was good, mainly the live shows in the main theater. I knew going into the cruise that they were going to have the live shows available, but I didn't really have high expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, being that it was a new company and they were very small. um, But the live shows were really good. The singers and dancers were um, really good. Um, They did have one show each night, so you got two shows. The first show was a Motown theme, and the second show was a rock theme. Um, But overall, I think the shows were really good. That That was the biggest surprise I had for the whole cruise. And how about music around the ship once you're outside of the theater? They did have one area called the Encore Lounge on Deck 8, um, where they did have music there every night, and also another lounge on Deck 9 at the back of the ship. I don't recall the name of the lounge, um, but another lounge back there where they did have music on the second night. Okay. So not a ton of entertainment, but kind of going back to a short cruise and a small ship, you know, not a ton of entertainment. I think like you'd be used to, even if you did like say a three day on Carnival, they seem to have a lot of entertainment there, but this one really did not seem to have a whole bunch of entertainment, but it's a short cruise. Sure. So now, I think that's kind of to be expected. Yeah. If you wanted to, if so, if you wanted to, could you actually take the cruise over from Palm Beach to Freeport and stay in Freeport for a couple of days and then take the ship back when you're ready to come back? You can. There mm-hmm. was actually a couple we talked to that were doing that. Um, they were staying on the island for four days, so they caught the ship on Monday like we did, and they said they would be returning on the ship on Friday, so that is an option to do. 
That's awesome. So, and speaking of Freeport, you are, you basically you board the ship in Palm Beach on a Monday, and you're in Freeport all day Tuesday. What did you do there? As we know from experience, there's not much to do around the ship area, so we booked a, a excursion through the ship, um, which was an all day resort excursion. Um, it was at the Viva Wyndham Resort, about a 30 minute drive from the port. Um, but a resort for the day with, you know, lunch and open bar and amenities of the whole resort. I haven't been there in years. I think um, since I've been there, they got hit by a hurricane and then rebuilt or rebuilt part of the resort or something like that. Um, as far as like the beach access and the the bars and restaurants on the actual property itself, what did you think about that? The beach access was nice. Um, there wasn't anything that you can see looking at that it looked like it was tore up from a hurricane. So it, I guess they had gotten everything repaired and all that. Um, but the beach access was good. There was one pool there, a couple restaurants. We didn't do any of the restaurants there. We had lunch at the, at the buffet that they had. Um, but the resort overall, I think was okay. It was kind of on the small side, I think, um, with the one pool that they had. Um, when we had gotten there, there wasn't hardly anywhere, you know, to sit around the pool. And I'm assuming that's from the people that were already there staying at the resort. Mm-hmm. The beach did have a lot of chairs, though, a lot of chairs to lay out on the beach, nice white sand. Um, but overall, I think that resort was okay. Not one that I would do again. Um, it just seemed like it was kind of too small of a resort for the rooms that they had and the amount of people that could stay there. How much was it, if you don't mind me asking? $81 per person. We had arrived there about 9.30, 9.45, and we departed at 3 o'clock. Oh, that's a pretty good day of drinking then. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was a long time there. It wasn't just, just a couple hours. I mean, we yeah. were there, I'd say, once we got checked in and everything, to about 10 o'clock. Um, so a good five hours there on the resort. So you make your way back to the ship. First off, did you hang out at the port area at all or like you know check the vendors out or have a drink at one of the bars around the port? Well, we were on, not really sure how to explain it, but we were on the this other side of the port from where like the Carnival or Royal Caribbean would normally dock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we weren't in the main area that I would call, you know, the Freeport, not the main area. We just had outside the terminal just a few vendors um, selling, you know, the typical souvenirs and everything in one place um, to get a drink. We did get a drink when we came back and just hung out right there. Um, but then just went right back on the ship. So you must be, have been like docked, uh, I think they call it like the ferry area there. So you're not docking yeah. like where Carnival docks and where Norwegian Sky docks. You're like kind of across the way a little bit. Right, right. And okay. from what I saw in the morning when we got there and then when we were back, I mean, the shops that you could see on the other side, I mean, it was closed. There wasn't nothing there. So I don't even, I don't believe there would have been the options like if you wanted to walk or take a short ride over there. I don't think anything was open over there the whole time. This interview is providing a lot of clarity on this cruise line because I never have really taken this cruise line serious, but it really seems like they have their stuff together and it seems like a legit, I mean, a three or four night Bahamas cruise with the exception of it being three or four nights. I would agree. I mean, I had heard about them before. I had looked online with the cruise line before um, and I kind of feel the same. You know, I wasn't really thinking, you know, it was something something legit or it was going to be worth the money, but I mean, the whole experience, I mean, to me is really like, it's if you went on a carnival cruise or if you went on a Norwegian cruise, everything on the ship was the same, you know, your bars, you have a drink package you can get, there's a casino, I mean, it, it turned out good, I think, in my mind, 
but I think what a lot of people need to think going into it is you're just doing a two night cruise. I mean, if you do something in Freeport, you know, you're not going to be on the ship all day. So you're basically on the ship, you know, like we left Monday night, you're on the ship and you're on the ship again, Tuesday night. And that's really it. But I do think it was good. I mean, everything runs on the ship, just like the other cruise lines. I mean, you have to do the mustard drill when you get on, um, everything operates, I think the same as the cruise ships. Um, overall, I, I think it was really good and I would do it again just for a, you know, a quick little getaway. Yeah, and I mean, these days, it's hard to even try to get on a ship that's only, what, fifty-two or 56,000 tons. I mean, that's relatively a small ship compared to today's standards. It is. Um, the, the other thing that uh, we, when we were having pizza, the, one of the bar managers had come over and was talking to us, and I found out that there was only 661 people on this cruise. Oh. Um, so that could have been one thing that I guess you could say made it an okay experience because there weren't many people on it. Cause I did read online that that ship had a capacity of 1,680 people. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even have half the people on the ship. So that could have been one thing that did make it okay. Um, I was thinking when we got back, you know, with the buffet, with the shows, there weren't any lines. I mean, there wasn't the, the show lounge wasn't full or anything, but I was kind of thinking, you know, if there were 1,600 people on the ship, it might have been a little bit of a different experience. Um, So I do think the small amount of people was probably one thing that how how it was the experience it was was because there was not even half the people on the ship. Yeah, it makes a difference. Um, So a couple of questions here I have. So were Internet packages available or did you purchase it by chance? They did have them available. I did see, but I didn't pay much attention to it because I, well, I didn't plan on getting it because we weren't going to be there long. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they did have an internet Wi-Fi package available. Um, I do think it was a per-day cost, okay. not a per-cruise cost. And how do gratuities work on this sailing? The same as the other ones, um, 18% gratuity, um, which they will charge to your room like the normal cruises. I don't think because it's just such a short cruise they had the option to prepay it i didn't mm-hmm. see that option online um but they do charge the gratuities and you have the gratuities when you buy a drink so just like the other cruise lines and as far as um we all know that the casino area can can be smoky on any cruise ship uh what were your thoughts of the um the smoke in and outside of the casino they actually don't allow smoking in the casino on the ship oh wow okay Nice. So, I mean, I smoke, so if there was smoking allowed, it wouldn't bother me, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that did like the feature of no smoking in there. But the few times that we did go in there, it wasn't ever really crowded at all. So there are, what, dedicated decks on the outside you can smoke, I take it? There's only actually one place on this one you can smoke, and that is their their version of the Lido, mm-hmm. um, which... They do have an adult section in the back with the pool and the center section, um, and it was on the port side, basically from front to back. The port side is the area that you can smoke on the Lido deck. Okay. Now, you said there was an adult area on the back. Um, is that like kind of compared to like a serenity-type area? No, I wouldn't really call it a serenity. Um, it's basically just a square pool in the middle, mm-hmm. and then there's chairs all around it to lay out. Um, and towards the back, there's a couple hot tubs. Um, so no, I wouldn't really call it like, I mean, it doesn't look like a serenity area, um, but just a basic pool, a couple hot tubs and some chairs, but it's, it's adults only back there. Okay. All right. 
Well, um, gosh, I think that's that could be about it, man. Let's see. Uh, any first-time tips to offer someone who is sailing or maybe considering sailing the Grand Classica? For this ship, I, I couldn't really think of first-time tips. I do think it would be a good first-time cruise if someone was wanting to try the cruising thing out that's never done it before. Um, that would be a first-time thing I think that would be good. But I really didn't see anything different on how everything operated from another ship or another cruise line, you know, as far as getting on, being on the ship, getting off. I couldn't really put any first-time tips out there. I mean, if you've cruised before, it's it's normal. You're going to know what to do. It operates the same way. Looking back, what was the, like, what was the big highlight for you over the two days? Like I mentioned before, it was the live shows were really the biggest thing. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I really wasn't going in with high expectations for the shows just because of a small company that kind of just started and not a big, big cruise line. So I don't, I don't know if they have the ability to go out for the talent search and find, you know, real good people for the shows. But whatever they do, it was good. That was the, the biggest highlight, I think, was the live shows. Another question I want to uh, interject here. Do they use, like, the sign-and-sale cards like the other cruise lines? Yes, they do. They do have the cards like the other cruise lines. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that is it does actually have your stateroom number on it, which I know is something the other lines don't do for security, but they actually have your stateroom number on the card. Hmm. Okay. One thing I noticed, and that surprised me from cruising so much on the other line, that's, yeah. that's one thing that stood out with me on the card. Well, in, in closing here, uh, final thoughts of Grand Classica. I would just say it was great for what it was, just a short you know, two-day getaway to the Bahamas. For someone who has sailed before, I mean, the ship is very small. I do think it's nice for its age, um, being as old as it is. Yeah, overall, I think it was it was really good. It's it's something good for a quick, short, little vacation if you want to get away. Very well, David. Thank you for the review, buddy. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Not a problem. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. And for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.